I'm Andrew Tivitz, I'm Director of Innovation uh, for Grow London. My name is Miriam Ducker and I'm the Director of Europe for London and Partners. I'm Andy Ori uh, from Ori Clark. Hi, I'm Pippa Sturt from Ori Clark. Today we're running a speed networking event on board the Eurostar to celebrate uh, the collaboration between the 10th London Tech Week this year and the great VivaTech um, event in Paris. We're taking an amazing delegation of startups, scale-ups, investors, corporates and ecosystem partners to see how we collaborate and really make things happen. I'm Deepo Burgess, I'm the founder of Bloomful. Hi, my name is Theoli Houston, I am the founder of Slinger. I'm Danny Hastrop, the founder and CEO of Moonhub. Just got to King's Cross St Pancras and about to get on the train to do some speed networking. And I'm really excited for the speed networking dating session between startups, VCs and partners as well. And we're at King's Cross today with London partners on their way to Fevertech to do a special event where we're speed networking with London partners. And here we are on Eurostar, very exciting. Uh, and we're joined by Miriam. And what is the best thing about your job? The best thing about my job is that you meet amazing people and a lot of amazing people. Super innovative, inspiring. Uh, you get to go to conferences. You get, you know, you. You, you like conferences? I do like conferences. Yeah. You must be the only person yeah. in the world that loves No, the I do like conferences. I do like them. I mean, they can be quite tiring if you have a lot of conversations, but you get to meet people that are just breathtaking, you know, fantastic. with fantastic ideas, with energy, and that's really something I appreciate about uh, the job. And then if you have successes, and you do have successes in that job, it does motivate me massively. And what's the most misunderstood thing about what you do? The most misunderstood thing about what I do, I think, is that initially many people think that we're there to represent London and we try to kind of drag companies out of other locations. But in actual fact, what we're there for is to build ecosystems, to work together, to strengthen not just the London ecosystem, but to strengthen the European ecosystem. And that has a lot to do with collaboration. So we do a lot of things in other parts as well. We take companies to other markets. We work with corporates, we bring them together. So, so that, I think that's the most misunderstood one. It's that, about collaboration rather than more, promotion. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so we can work with so many more people than initially people think that we can work with. Yeah. And another thing is that, depending on the country you come to, some people may think, oh, it's a government agency and they yeah. must be like not be able to deliver. And I think we as London and Partners are very agile. We work with so many, we have enormous networks and I can get, I get the feedback from people who have worked with my colleagues that is extremely positive. And I th think- Is part of that the Partners bit of London and Partners? Yeah, what is it London is and Partners, just in brief? So London and Partners is, um, yes, we are government funded, but we work with a lot of ecosystem players. So we have partners across different fields that could be legal advice, that could be um, tax advice, recruitment, but it goes further than that. We actually work with the ecosystem and they accept us, they, they trust us. So we work with accelerators, we work with about 200 VCs in the ecosystem. We work with corporates that are grateful for what we do for them. So it's, it's like London plus, and we try to do the same thing in other markets. And uh, what is going on here? And what, how do London and Partners fit into this uh, experience on a train? Well, we've done it once before. Yes. We have. Um, last year, last year was it, 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 we're back, so it must have been a success, was it? It was a success, um, yes. It was chaotic, and I think you can experience, I don't know whether anybody can hear the background yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all getting that. We're all getting it. It's very active, it's very chaotic. People don't behave like you want them to behave. But this is the serendipity of this entire thing. So uh, we have 15 corporates on board, 
And we have another 10 corporates joining us, British corporates joining us in Paris. We have 15 VCs on board. We have Google startup founders on board. We have startups and scale-ups from London and from across Europe on board. Um, and, you know, it just happens. It ha magic ha happens between these people. There is a rule, there is a process that we try to follow. We absolutely know that the process is not going to work out as we want it to work out, but that's okay. That's what we expect. And it's, it's going to be great. And people will meet about 20 new people at least, more than that, but 20 new people at least during this journey. Just this journey. Just this Just, uh, and, at, and, least, at, at least. At least. Because and VCs, VCs meeting other VCs and investors, or is it very much startups trying to meet VCs? Or Exactly. So what we feel is that there's a lot of um, good vibe coming out of peers exchanging each other. So even if it's a scale-up meeting a scale-up, that's great. Yeah. The scale-ups meet the VCs. The VCs wants to meet the, want to meet the scale-ups. We have corporates on board that look for innovation. We have the innovators on board. So it's, it's kind of furthering itself. And it has been a great success, and it's not just this journey. It is this journey, but we continue in Paris. We've started in London with London Tech Week, and we will continue during Viva Tech and having networking events. And what, what's your ultimate goal for this? What are you well, hoping the, to achieve? The, the ultimate game, a goal is that everybody is happy, and that means our scale-ups get deals with the, with the corporates. The corporates find the scale-ups that they're looking for. And obviously, we want the, um, the VCs to find their startups, um, they are always interested in meeting innovative companies. They are selected, these companies. They have gone through a process. So it's not just any company, but they have been screened. Um, and yeah, if, if, if there's an investment happening, that's a success. Yeah. It's kind of strange that London Tech Week and Viva Tech Week are now the same week. It's almost yes. competitive. Uh, do you feel London and Paris feel competitive as London Tech Hubs? I think they may feel competitive and there are people that further the competition, but I think there's also so much in store. So there are so many companies active in both markets and they need to be active in both markets to really explore the full potential. They need to scale. So there's a lot of collaboration going on with, between us and, and Paris, be it the Olympics where we're supporting them with you know, the great work that London has done during the Olympics, but also now with uh, startup hubs. Um, there's VC, there are VCs that invest in, in Parisian firms. There are Parisian VCs investing into London firms. It's funny because competition, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult beast because it's quite useful. I mean, I think there was a bit of French-British competition and we came up with Concorde. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like we can achieve incredible things. So I think a little bit of healthy competition yeah, is no, nice. No, 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 of might, course. It's, it's, it's like you say, the collaboration and the friendship needs to be there. You know? Yeah, so I think you're right. It's a bit of both. And it does, it does help both ecosystems to be agile and to develop. Yeah. So, yes... Of course, there is competition and everybody wants to be ahead of the other one. Um, same with the events. Um, but equally, at the same time, I think without each other, together, we are actually remarkable on this, you know, in the tech world. If there was only London or only Paris, we wouldn't be noticeable. And there are other places within Europe as well. Having said we're all working together, what's the best thing about London, do you think, compared to other places? I've, so... It would be unfair to say that other places don't have that, but what I really appreciate about London is um, how the ecosystem supports each other, how founders support each other. It's a very friendly ecosystem, and I find that startups and scale-ups from London are so helpful to other start and scale-ups, not just from London, but also other places. But this is a vibe that I take um, from London that is super friendly, super open. Yeah. yeah. Um, London is open. Um, so I find that's extremely positive. No one ever came for the weather or the food was the old joke. So we well, have to be open. The food's got better. Uh, the weather the, too. The, the weather got better <laughs> at the moment. Miriam, you've been absolutely brilliant. Now we're just going to end on a quick game. It's called Business or Bullshit or Bob for sure. 
So I only have to say bullshit or business. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. Correct. And you okay. may you correct. may discuss it a little if you feel um, feel so inclined. Um, okay. So yeah, we're going to begin. Are you ready? Okay, ready. DQs the music if we're doing that kind of thing on a train. Okay. LinkedIn. Uh, a lot of bullshit, but also very useful. So also business. No, you have to pick. Oh, um, well, I use it for business, so I say business. But I think there's a lot of bullshit around yeah, it. Yeah. So business, but business. it's it's bullshit too. Office dogs. Love them, so business. Yes. Hey, look at that. Bullpark figures. Bullshit. Yeah. Wheelhouse. What is a wheelhouse? Like, that's not my wheelhouse means I don't know how to it's do It's a that. bullshit phrase. Okay, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> MBAs. Um, uh, business. Uh, we could do this one. I don't know if you can do that in French. Yeah, diversity quota. Quota de diversité. Uh, business. Bus definitely business. Yeah. I think so. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Hot desking. Uh, don't like it very much, but uh, it's form of business and it does help uh, with. Do you hot desk? You're gonna have to we come do down on one side or the other. Okay. Um, You're very diplomatic, as you should be in your uh, role. I know, I know. Okay, um, business then. Uh, blue sky thinking. As a German, blue sky thinking in German. I, as a German, I have to say it's bullshit, but it happens a lot and it does help sometimes with investors. I'm Dupe Burgess. I am the founder of Bloomful. Um, we are a health tech company that is on a mission to raise the standard of care for women's gynecological health. Wow. Okay. And we're Very based good. in London. So what, what problem are you solving? So the healthcare journey for women's health issues is very long, very chaotic, um, very ambiguous. Uh, there are a number of reasons why that's the case. Um, historical lack of research amongst uh, around women's gynecological health, a healthcare system that's very male-centric, always has been and still is. And the fact that men don't have ovaries. The fact that men don't have ovaries doesn't help. And obviously, you know, we're working in, in a system that is um, pushed to the seams at every every corner of the NHS. So um, inevitably, women's health has been deprioritized, and that's having a really big impact on women's ability to move through life, their quality of life mental well-being, their ability to work, especially around chronic pelvic conditions, so things like PCOS, endometriosis and fibroids. We know that they take up to 10 years or more to be diagnosed in many oh cases. Oh my God, 10 um, years? Yeah. So I find this as the only man now sitting here, <laughs> but I find it very interesting you feel that the, I mean, certainly you go back 50, 60 years, a lot of male doctors, but now, I mean, you know, my wife's a doctor, oh, it's no. a hugely female, but it's the whole the system doctors. you think is sexist? It's the, whole, it's the whole system, and I don't know about, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily use the term sexist, but it's very male-centric. So, for example, um, women historically were not allowed to take part in, in medical research because it was felt that their How long hormonal that? changes... Um, only in the early 90s was it deemed... Oh because of their God. hormonal changes, yeah. because it's, they're more unpredictable it, it was, to, to exactly, study. Exactly, and it would have a, you know an undue impact on the, on, on ah, the studies. Ah, so by design, things therefore are more based around male exactly. biology. Exactly. So people, lots of people don't know that men and women have different outcomes for things like heart attacks because all the protocols and medications that we take in hospital are very built and tested Is it on also men. the case, I, I may be wrong about this, that the presentation of heart attacks in women is different to men? Yes, but then what we know of heart attacks and what we typically describe as the presentation is the male The male version. But that's so, deemed the presentation. Yeah. Um, and that's just one example. 
Ah, so it's more intrinsic in how medicine has been studied for a long time. Which, exactly. to be fair, is it's not a completely sexist reason. It's a scientific thing that they were like this. I know we could stand here and say it is, but you were saying because it was in variation of hormones. So yeah. it may have made it like there may be some history to how it was studied, you know, was I wrong. I think it was, yes, the history of how people felt medicine should because be studied. Because it doesn't make sense as a scientist that you wouldn't want to study both exactly. sides. So, you know, exactly. The, you know, and it was more that you would study men and then extrapolate downwards to women. Whereas right. actually we know that there are things that impact women that don't impact men and they obviously have an impact on how we absorb medications for example or um, what kind of protocols might be necessary for us yeah right can you describe to us where you are right now what's going on right now yes. as in this moment in time yep. I'm sitting in a carriage carriage 10 I believe of the Eurostar carriage 10 um, I think we've arrived in France someone told me that we were in Lille um, not too long ago and we are on our way to Paris to take part or to see Viva Tech to go to Viva Tech and what are you hoping to get out of the trip um, I think just uh, some new contacts would be great some, yeah. you know network meet new people I think that's a, a huge amount part of this job um, as a founder is just you know your network connecting, connecting exactly you're the CEO are you? I am yeah. yes connecting and just learning from other people and connecting with other people meeting new investors perhaps um, and just really understanding the landscape of tech as we go forward yeah and, and uh, in terms of you're trying to raise awareness, what do you what, 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 by raising that money? What do you what is the what is the key to trying to help people? Do you think within your business is it a technological thing you're building, or is it a, is it an awareness thing? What what are you doing? How do you solve this problem? I guess? <laughs> We're solving the problem by delivering easier access to great value, basically, and and information and knowledge. Um, we know that you know there are tens of hundreds of women waiting for this kind of input and waiting for specialist expertise and we're building a much more streamlined way for them to get that access. And private initially I assumed you have to do this yeah. privately more. Yeah. We, but we're making it very accessible and the yeah. reason is because our bigger broader mission is you know, how do we use um, these customers or this information, this data um, in a way that makes sense for R&D, for research and development and for building a better future as far as women's yeah, health. Yeah, yeah. So, we are building um, a database through which we can collect the right um, information from our users, stratify them in the right way, and connect them to research groups, um, to clinical trials, That's great. Um, to biotech companies who struggle to find these people. And how is London and Partners helping you to unlock your potential? So I um, was selected as one of Google for Startups Black Founders Fund okay. um, uh, yep. companies that they invested in last year. So the connection was made with Google and then through them with uh, with this trip by, a, by way of London and Partners. But, you know, from what I've heard, um, I think it's great what they're, what they're doing, showcasing London in all its glory, especially the tech side of things. And, um, yeah, that can how be you, positive. How are you, as a black woman and in London now building a business, how are you, how are you finding it? Are you, <laughs> are you feeling like you're hitting a wall or do you feel that the, the conversation's um, opening up? I mean, I think, I mean, so being a founder is just difficult anyway. Full you know, stop. It's really fun. It's great. It's, um, it's a, a huge part of my life now and I'm really enjoying it. But it's it's really hard, and I think um, fundraising is also very difficult. Oh my very god, difficult. it's the hardest thing in the yeah. world. It's, it's a full time job. I guess a better way of asking my question is 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 your identity, uh, you know, part? Is that relevant to yeah. you on this journey? Well, look, I think um, we know that the statistics for female founders is still really poor, and yeah. has, it seems to be getting worse year upon year yeah. over the last couple of years. Um, and we know that when you kind of um, segment women further, that 
being a black woman or a minority ethnic woman um, puts your position... You know, it's, makes, a makes, you know, it's a disaster. <laughs> but, you know, we've got really amazing um, investors already. We've got people that are really backing our mission. Um, we are very, very mission-driven and, you know, we, we're already proving that we're delivering value to women. So, you know, we're, we're, we appeal to investors who are will have an interest in um, investing in businesses yeah, like yeah. ours and in businesses that are trying to do something for the greater good. Raising money is, is, is tough. It's really it, wh tough. Wh whatever, you know. And I, I guess I only ask this question more because just as all oh, Londoners, I think three of us is, you know, I think it is a tremendously open city. So it is very sad when you, you know, you, you hear it that, it, that you, it's the sort of, maybe there's a lot of prejudice still, yeah, you know. There is. Um, I think you, you can only do what you can do and you have, to, you have to be very bullish about putting yourself out there, making the right connections, um, finding those people who are championing women female founders, black founders. Um, Google was one of those people. You know, my current angel investors are those people. So people exist. Most people are great. Most people want to see people And London succeed. Partners is too. Well done, and London, London Partners. Of course, London, London Partners. Well done, London Partners for my train ticket. <laughs> if you could pick one thing that is utter, utter bullshit about business, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Um, it probably would be the fundraising. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yes. It is like... Uh, it's a full-time job. It takes you away from the business. It makes you feel like you're not actually building the product. How itself. do you balance that kind of trying to spend time with investors and get the money in and do your founder job as well? Um, How do I, the actual job. Compartmentalizing at every turn. Um, I mean, it's hard and it is a juggle. And you have to be very strict with your time, strict with your calendar. Um, I fortunately now have been through the process once before and I've been able to use the, the, use the I guess, the learnings from that to make this a much more efficient process. So, for example, making sure that you're only talking to investors who are um, appropriate for you and not investors that are only investing in Series A onwards or in FinTech or, or whatever it might be. Um, using each of my current investors to do a lot of the legwork for me. So asking them Funny. to make the introductions, yeah, asking yeah. them to bring people to me, asking them to reinvest, um, just finding ways to... Um, it I is bullshit though, I agree with you. The whole process, even though we discussed the due diligence, due diligence, yes. the whole thing is like, even when you found one, it's like, it's a, and, and, and as you say, it takes you completely away from your business. Yeah. So you need, so the CEO is responsible for raising money a lot of the time. Basically, yeah. And they can't do anything but raise money the whole time. No, you know? and obviously in a business, there are things you can sort of shepherd out to other people. Yeah. You know, you've got a team, you delegate as much as you can, but there are things as a CEO that can't be. And that and is that one is them. one thing, you know, with, you can farm out all the legal work to us poor runts, but you have to have those conversations with investors. You have to convince the investors to come yeah. into your business. No one else can do that for you. And if somebody else tries to do it for you, you won't get the money. No, exactly. So, exactly. Like, um, and so, it, hence, it becomes a full-time yeah. job, practically. Finally, and feel free to give us your pitch, why should we care about your business? Because we're changing the world for women. Um, we exist because healthcare doesn't work for women, especially when it comes to their gynecological health. Everybody should um, be interested and invested in that because we all have female family members, mothers, fathers, sisters, daughters, and, um, and by improving their, uh, the way that we're able to live life through healthcare, um, we're improving the economy and the world for everybody. Fantastic. You've been absolutely fabulous, Dubai. Now we're going to play a little game. It's called Business or Bullshit. Okay. And all we're going to do is we're going to name something, some bullshitty, businessy kind of thing, and you have to tell us whether you think it is business or bullshit. Okay. And you may elaborate if you wish, okay. if you find it contentious. Okay. LinkedIn. 
business? Is this Correct. a trick question? No, they're not. They're not trick question. You can okay. say whichever you want. Okay. I, I think it is uh, business, but it's full of bullshit. Uh, okay. It's probably the... No, no, no. All there's no, there's no right. Have a degree the of whole bullshit. point is there's no right or wrong. There's quite a lot of bullshitters on LinkedIn. And, yes. and, and Gail may do her questions in French to chess that GCSE <laughs> French. You never know. She could show you the card at the same time, but no one knows that. Okay. Anyway, uh, office dogs. Bullshit. Yeah, they probably are. I like dogs, just not in the office. Well, I'm going to try in French. Chiffre uh, approximatif. Um, uh, business. Business. Yeah. Uh, wheelhouses. What are they? As in, this is or isn't my wheelhouse. My area of expertise. My area of expertise. People having oh, it. Yeah. Uh, business? Yeah, I go business. It don't, you, you, we're not going to throw you out. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, my God, I'm just going wrong. <laughs> this yeah. is just appalling. Okay, it really I'll, is. I'll, I'll take okay, a question this mark off the controversial. Air. MBAs. <laughs> that is controversial. Oh, difficult one. Difficult one. Overall, I'd say bullshit. Yes, correct. Well done. Right, another one in French. Quota de diversité. Business. We will never know what that was. Full work clothes. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Damn straight. Hot desking. Um, bullshit. I like my space. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't even if finger, it's small. I don't want fingerprints, other people's cups. And yeah, things yeah. Space, but that's just me. And sandwiches in the drawers. And sandwiches in the drawers. Oh. Uh, another one in French. Okay. Uh, Pensez le ciel bleu. Blue sky thinking. Uh, business. Business plans. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> no, I, can't, I shouldn't say that. Business. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, you no, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. no, no, I find that interesting. Your first reaction is bullshit. I. Well, I think business plan. I think twenty-five pages oh. on Word on on my on Excel. Word. Yeah. That's that, wrong by that's the time you no. finished it because it took you a year <laughs> exactly, to finish it. You exactly. Know? Yeah. That is bullshit. But no, a good cohesive deck that outlines your business from start to finish. I think your vision, your mission, my business, vision yeah. and mission exactly. Pivoting. Oh no, business. Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah. Gotta do it, gotta do it. Stay yeah. on your toes. Right, next one. You we say that finalement. We, 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 we say that in French as well. Les classes de fitness dans le bureau. And uh, no, bullshit. No, bullshit. Yeah. Do you exercise before or after work? Yeah, keep it. It's been absolutely fabulous to meet you, DP. Thank oh, you so much. You. Good luck with thank your business. I'm Andrew Tibbetts, uh, and I am uh, Director of Innovation and Growth for London and Partners. Uh, now Grow London. Now Grow London. Fantastic. Uh, and and what, what do they do exactly, Grow London? Uh, so Grow London helps uh, the best businesses from the world expand into and get really embedded in uh, the London business community uh, and helps the fastest growing UK companies uh, expand and do business all around the world. That's fantastic. And what's the best thing about your job? Uh, getting paid to do people favors and help them grow their businesses. I'm a failed nice. entrepreneur myself, okay. so now I get to help people build their businesses. Which Are we awesome. allowed to ask what the business was that failed? <laughs> the business was called Tech Hub. It was the first incubator on Old Street Roundabout. Remember uh, it well. With Mike Butcher standing just over there. That was there. a huge success. How did you fail? <laughs> it was. We, so uh, we had an, our business model was working with corporates on innovation, which ended very quickly during COVID. Physical co-working, which ended pretty, pretty wow. quickly. Yeah. Anyway, we had four or five different revenue streams. Which I didn't know that. Is COVID that proof. Wow. So, so it imploded. However, two tech hubs survived. Two tech hubs survived. Tech hub Swansea, 
from the National Supercomputer in Swansea uh, and Tech Hub Riga in Latvia, which is an awesome oh, team. Okay. Oh my God, Riga, part so, of town. Part of town. Swansea and Latvia. Swansea and Riga. I never, right. we did New York, we did Bangalore, we did London, we did Boston, we did all these cities, but Swansea and Riga run. They, they, they won everything. What's the most misunderstood thing about what you do? Um, lots of organisations like London and Partners in the world, uh, around the world just help businesses come and trade into their markets. And I think what's so awesome about what uh, we're allowed to do with London and Partners is to help UK companies expand into all those other markets. And so that gives us really good, really good insight also as to what's happening all around the world, what the trends are uh, and how things are changing. So I think this is, might be your idea, this uh, whole thing. So what, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing and why are we back? <laughs> well, there's two big reasons, really. One is because uh, it's London Tech Week, uh, and it just so happens that Viva Tech is another awesome event in, in arguably uh, the second greatest city in Europe, of course, after, uh, after London. Viva Tech happening the same week as, uh, as the 10th London Tech Week this year. Uh, and so just really bringing, we've brought a load of uh, European founders over. We've got a German delegation on board the Eurostar today. We've got um, a French delegation on board. We've got companies from Norway um, all the way across. So they've been over for London Tech Week and we're just linking up um, course, with Viva Tech course, to, yeah. uh, uh, to share all the all the knowledge and opportunities. And, and, and uh, you're back. So last year was a success, we take it. <laughs> last, year, last year was a success. This year we have more investors. It's great to have great. Um, support from um, the venture capital community. Um, we've got over 25 corporates on board from awesome companies like uh, Citibank and uh, De Beers, the Diamonds Company, uh, from Linklaters, uh, from Justy, uh, and, and, and it's the innovation teams in those businesses looking to engage with fast growth companies. They don't mind if they're UK companies, it's the best global ideas, thinking global from day one. And, uh, uh, and so we've got founders, investors and entrepreneurs on board making things Is happen. Is there anything else you're doing differently from this year to last <laughs> Other than being twice the size, we're going to be 120 people later, which is a really? big, that is a big, big group and a big So we must have, do we have more than one, how many, how many <laughs> people fit on 20, this carriage? There's 76 seats in a Eurostar carriage, just in case you didn't know that. And any horror stories or success stories from last year? The success stories are awesome. So one of the corporates ended up investing in one of the companies they met on board, which was a British company. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then Tallers, um, the US, um, uh, sorry, the, uh, the French uh, uh, corporate ended up partnering and doing a proof of concept with one of the companies that was on board um, as well. So what's really important is where we can enable, um, you know, proof of concepts, collaboration. Well, it's the serendipity of collaboration, TVA. and the speed dating is a kind of uh, it's a kind of annoying thing in a way, but but it's amazing because especially for British people. Absolutely. Well, yeah, uh, and, and no, but British, you know, British people, we're not good at talking to people. So that whole sort of frame, you give someone a framework, it's a bit like giving them a half-hour meeting. It's like yeah. give them a fifteen-minute meeting. Absolutely. You know, do it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, most of the time you know whether the meeting you're going to have is business or bullshit in the first 30 seconds, yes. right? Yeah, so yeah. let's keep it going and make sure everybody uh, gets to meet the most relevant people on board. What would make you really happy? What, what would make this a massive success for you? I think, well, look, we've tried really hard to make sure the most relevant people are on board for each other, right? So we've got the corporates on board that align best with the companies that we're working with. We've got investors on board who are actively investing for the stages of companies that we're working with. And again, funds that can invest in international businesses, not just UK ones. Um, so um, really, it's about making stuff happen. It is being able to tell stories and just say, OK, that was totally worthwhile. And this is what we made from it. What I think is always hilarious is you can never tell which ones are good. Or maybe it's just me, but you know, I work with hundreds of startups. I can never tell which are going to be the successful ones and which are going to bomb. The brilliant thing in London compared to 10 years ago 
um, uh, and, and, and you know, I suppose one of the lessons we've really learned from uh, from the Valley is you know is the fail fast piece and the serial entrepreneur piece. And I think it's, it's often what is I'm, that piece? You mean you meaning what exactly? Yeah. So it's I suppose it's the it's the credibility and learnings from failure and being able to raise if your business fails, being able to raise money again quickly because of the lessons you get from um, having been through the pain and anguish of your of your failure business. seen as positive so, as opposed yeah, to yeah. The, the Germans who think it's a terrible idea. You know, if you fail apparently in Germany, that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But know? in the Valley, failure was always seen as a sign of success and credibility. And I think we have a really strong serial entrepreneur community um, in the UK now. And you've got great founders like Michael Acton Smith, who did Firebox.com and then did Moshi Monsters and then started Calm, right? So it's, it's people who are sort of on that journey. And it's the companies that raise money quickly, where the, excuse me, where the founders are proven, where, the, where, where they really understand their industry. Um, and so, you know, nobody nobody's going to write somebody a check that really doesn't know yeah. what they're doing. It's but all about got, the people when you come down to absolutely, it, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, it's strange that uh, Viva Tech is the same time as London and Tech Week. It's a little bit of competition. Do <laughs> well, you think we it's we on like purpose? to think of it as the European Week of Tech. European you know, Week so of Tech. I think that's really Good important. Spin. It's going to be really, yeah, absolutely. But, but when you, you know, it's interesting, you know, if you're organizing a venue, you wouldn't want to clash. But I mean, I love how you're turning it into a positive, but do you feel absolutely. there's a sort of competition between Paris and London? That, that I, th I mean, the fascinating thing about Paris is it's 200 miles from London. You know, it's a similar distance to Manchester from London. Uh, it's yeah. a global city. Um, you know, the Eurostar is just awesome. It is it, awesome. Really? You Thank know, God uh, we built the tunnel before <laughs> Brexit. It never would have happened after. Wouldn't have happened now. But you know, that is an incredible you know connection for yeah. us into Europe which I think is really hugely underappreciated to be honest with you um, and so no being being so close to Paris I just think is 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 completely awesome so this is like this is a genuinely crazy idea we're in a train carriage with 75 people networking. We've all met 10 people so far, and we've only just got on board. But the, but the networking started on the platform, right? It people did. Yeah. all it talking did. to each other. Okay, yeah. who are you? And also, the great thing is, when you build something like this, you know, when you do trade missions and you get cohorts, everybody that's here knows that they're here because somebody has picked them or chosen them to yeah. be here. So everyone is relevant. We're a team. And even if you're absolutely, we're a team. And I and, and I really and I think the great thing about doing stuff like this versus a speed networking event in London is there's more commitment there's the shared experience it's like a, a relationship accelerator where you just get to know more people you've got that thing in common you'll bump into people at an event in a year and goes oh you were in Paris and I think it just changes the vibe so quickly to have that shared experience right uh, what's the best thing about London what's the best thing about London you know, standard answer, 52% foreigners, right? It's a truly, truly world city. There was my, one of my favorite statistics from back in the Olympics, which I've never verified, but sounds very London, is you could fill the Olympic stadium with Londoners from every competing nation. Oh, and I think nice. That's nice. Be, yeah, that that's really be, nice. You know, Paris is, is diverse and wonderful, but you know, I think that what was so unique and special about the London Olympics was to having huge numbers of supporters for each of the competing nations and I think um, yeah yeah very quickly Andrew just tell us what's the plan for the next couple of days okay so uh, so as I say we've got three groups so we're running three tracks we've got a founders track we've got an investor track and we've got a, uh, a corporate track running um, so uh, this afternoon 
Um, one of the groups is going straight to the conference because there's a load of really awesome stuff happening uh, this afternoon at the summit. Um, one of the groups is going to Maison Ray's lab, which is a really awesome corporate innovation lab um, just behind uh, Gare du Nord. So they're doing sharing best practice and exchanging with French equivalents of, uh, of their corporates. Fantastic. Um, and then we've got the investor community going and meeting with some European founders who they haven't met on board. Uh, and then uh, this evening we're all reconvening for dinner. We're going to keep playing the game that we're playing. So everybody's going to move every 10 minutes, make sure everybody's had the opportunity to Oh, meet okay. You, we're going to keep doing other. the 10 minutes to meet yes, every single person. Yes, we've got one long table down the, wow. uh, 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 down the middle of a, a beautiful, very Parisian-looking building in a restaurant. Uh, so really big activation on that. And then we've got some tours organized at the VivaTech uh, conference tomorrow. Really, we're just trying to, we're not, we're trying to not just attend a conference and not yeah. talk to anybody. We're trying very to be active. as interactive yeah. Yeah, yeah. and active as, as possible. Fantastic. So, uh, Fantastic. So, yeah. Otherwise, you just get stuck in the bar. Okay, now we're going to play Business or Bullshit, hey. also known as Bob. Okay. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Are you ready to play? Oh, we're going to name some things. You just have to say business or bullshit. DQ the music and we're off. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Business. Office dogs. Office dogs. Ah, oh, business. Very good. Ballpark figures. Ballpark figures. <laughs> Depends if you're raising venture money or not. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, wheelhouses. I don't even know what that is. As in, that is or isn't my wheelhouse. Oh, wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, bullshit. MBAs. MBAs. Bullshit, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quota de diversité. Quota diversité. Oh, well, well, think bullshit, to be honest with you. Work clothes. Work clothes. Formal work clothes. Oh, bullshit. Hot desking. Hot desking. Business. Yeah? You don't mind it? You should sit next to a different person every day. I like it. Don't worry about the drawers. Just don't look <laughs> in the drawers. Nobody should have drawers. Blue sky thinking. Pensez au ciel Blue sky bleu. thinking. Uh, that's how you innovate. You've got to be a no idea is a bad idea. Business plans. Business plan. Oh, business, I suppose. <laughs> uh, pivoting. Pivoting. Oh, business. You sure? Doesn't show failure, is it not? <laughs> failure is great. That's business. Yeah. Oh, in-office fitness classes. <laughs> in-office fitness guys, bullshit. You never done one. You've been absolutely brilliant, Angie. Thank you very, Thank very you, much. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll chat more as we go on this beautiful journey. Thank you. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. My name's Theo Lee Houston. I'm the founder of Slinger. Um, we're a plat tech platform um, helping remove the key inefficiencies in hiring. So unpack that a bit. What problem does your business solve? We're trying to make the CV redundant. Essentially, you know, our parents, us, people younger than us are still running around with paper CVs. They're archaic systems that we're still using. So Is we're there something wrong with them? Though? What's, what's wrong with a CV? It's paper-based. Right, right. <laughs> or you have it online still, you send it around, but for one, you can lie on it still. Um, you're asking the average kid to write up a cover letter CV for you know, a bartender job. And um, at the same time, all the people are hiring are struggling to get people through the door. So therefore, something needs to change. Very good. I'm also part of the Google cohort. Um, so this year they've just selected 40 of us out of 4,000 applications um, to be in, in Google investing in our business now. Okay, and great. What are you hoping to get out of this? 
Out of this, um, yeah, I'm really interested by the labour markets in France. Um, I don't know the laws and stuff like that. Really looking forward to meeting business leaders, um, key policy makers out there, and just you know having a network across like the river there, basically. How old is your business? Two years old. Two years old. Yeah, you founded yeah. it just you or? Yeah, stupidly. Um, I co I founded it um, with zero pounds. Um, basically, used my whole network I've built over the last ten years um, to get it off the ground. Fantastic. Doesn't sound stupid. You didn't uh, have to put any money into it. it. Yeah. You got it off the ground. Yeah, money helps though, and thankfully we're just. Um, secured our first round of investment. Is that from Google? Uh, Google are part of that round, um, part of the investment round. So we've secured over half a million pounds um, and yeah, ready to like take it a bit larger and bigger. Very Fantastic. Good. And how does London and Partners help you unlock the potential of your business? Well, like for one, like there's just such a network in this carriage right now on the train, right? Like I've met so many people today doing the um, networking event. Um, already I've like, got some clients. Oh, fantastic. Um, some people have more knowledge um, already about the labour markets already. Um, yeah, it's just a wealth of network and like, it's something I always value. I always say your, your network's your net worth. Um, so yeah, London Partners is um, helping out loads. Your network is your net worth. I like Absolutely. that. I might say that to the wife. <laughs> Be out well, again. <laughs> talking of net worth, darling, I'd like to point out that I've got over 2,000 <laughs> connections on LinkedIn. <laughs> So we're travelling by train, which yep. is fairly green. Is it an electric train? I don't even know. Uh, but uh, you doing? Is your business doing anything about climate change? Climate change. Um, fortunately, it's not our focus at the moment. No. Um, we pay all about um, raising the standards for workers, so yeah. all our workers get at least the London living wage, um, and we actually pay, pay 30% above that. Um, so yeah, we're all about improving the working conditions. So it's a bit more than CVs. You're actually yeah. trying to sort of raise wages. Absolutely. And how? Why, by, by matching people better or? Well, yeah, that's it. So we vet all the businesses before they come on board as well. It's really important that we have the best businesses so for our workers to go to. Who's, who's your customer? The business, is it? Yeah. The business is your customer. Absolutely. And then you find the people who aren't writing CVs or using your platform yeah. as well? Absolutely. Okay. And they would fill in information about their career or you yep. it's more that you structure it because everyone does a cv different and so we actually do video interviews ah, um, okay. um, nice so they pre-recorded videos and the team vet those and then we also get verification from their previous employers oh yeah I, it's, it's, it's actually almost prejudiced but it's absolutely right you could see someone talking in 30 seconds so you could read a cv five times yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to see them talk yeah, absolutely because you know? it's, it's hospitality like, it's all of soft skills so, yeah, because if they're a barman, yeah, 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 yeah. they have to be able to listen to somebody's problems absolutely, at the bar. Yeah. Is there, if you could pick one thing that is utter, utter bullshit about business, what would it be? In general? Like, mm. all business? Anything. Uh, well, it's all the smoke and mirrors, right? Everyone looks, appears in, like, what they're doing, and especially in the investment way. Um, we've seen, like, businesses in the last 10 years hyperinflated, hyper-overvalued. Um, I'm really like, I'm actually glad that the markets have come into more of a sensible world now. Did you um, see the uh, recent investment into the two two week old startup in Paris? Mistral. Mistral. No. 140 million. You know? It's an absolute joke. Yeah. It's not great because, like, as a, as a black founder, um, the stats are already against us. We, it's less than 1% chance of all VC money um, goes to black founders. So, like, these kind of stories just make the investment even harder. And Do you think pay. it's a very complex problem that, and I'm always interested? Do you think a London VC sitting opposite a black person who has a business is going to not invest based on the fact they're black or do you think it's more entwined and in you know sort of yeah. complex why that statistic exists yeah. it's well you know it's, it's, pay, it's part of the the system that exists already but i understand from an investor's perspective that at the end of the day it's numbers and risk um, and i've had vcs sit in the room and go 
because of the um, systematic issues that happen, uh, you're, you're re- re- investing in you is a higher risk. Simple as that. The math speaks for itself. Wow. It's a higher risk to VCs to invest yeah. in you because yeah. statistically bl- more black businesses fail. They fail and you've got this, you know, if you can barely like, walk through London without getting stopped on the sh- streets. Yeah. 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 How are you going to make a, a successful point. business and, you know, like the stats speak for itself. And you also, I mean, there's another thing that you're um, clearly thinking is utter, utter bullshit, which is CVs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can clearly do one. What should people avoid when they're doing business with Brits, particularly Londoners? I think we need to start cutting through like that Britishness. So what I'm understanding is spending time in New York and with more Europeans, they hate all this, hi, how are you, and all this fake niceness. Just be straight to the point, let's go. Yeah, and don't sit in a room networking with one person and feel like polite, but you have to like... Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking to like, them. Just cut, yeah. let's get out. Yeah. You, and and you, fi- you find that for uh, New York for sure, you yes. know, and, and Europe generally, or where have you been in Europe specifically? Um, I've been to Lisbon last year for the Web Summit, uh, met loads of Germans, Scandinavians, and yeah, they said they hate emailing Brits. Yeah, they're okay. the most bullshit with asking how their weekends were and all of this. They're like, yeah, we yeah. don't care. Yeah, that's very honest <laughs> like, feedback. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, like, I appreciate that. New I didn't realise how British I was until I was there. Uh, I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> and I had to pitch differently out there as well. Interesting. Like, what was different about the pitching? Uh, pitching, um, in, when you're pitching to Europeans, you have to be quite conservative. And almost coming from a perspective like you're asking for money. Um, in America, you have to walk in bold, big, say you are the best at what you're doing. Um, and then you're telling them it's an opportunity they've got yeah, to join okay. you. Um, and I've never felt so small in my life. But like, you've I'm got to big London. yourself up. Yeah, which yeah, I absolutely. You've got to hype really yourself odd. up as much. Yeah. But in um, London, I've never, I felt like I was in the biggest city in the world. I've never gone to New York before, never cared to, because I'm from London. If I'm going on holiday, I'm looking for island life. When I went on a trade mission last year, I was impressed at the level of business there and never felt so small as in financially, like the game. Yeah, like, America. So cute, like, like your raises, like half a million and stuff like that. Yeah, you yeah. business to start with five, 10 million, ready yeah, to go out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, finally, and feel free to give us your pitch if you want to. Why should we care about your business? Absolutely. We're revolutionising the hiring process, removing the key inefficiency needed. Um, we're solving a problem in the blue-collar market where there's a huge um, shortage of supply of labour um, and we're getting people connected way quicker and, yeah, it's time to change. But you're getting them paid more, which is, is, is from an employer's perspective, is that not increasing employers' costs? Is that Absolutely, but if you want quality of staff, pay for it. Pay for quality. Very good. It, uh, the industry has over 140% turnover. Um, every year. So by the time which you it, go through industry. one year, you've got a whole one and a half new team. Or, or, or the average industry turnover is 140 Of all industries, basically. Of all blue-collar market. Wow. Blue-collar market. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so it changes so fast. Brilliant. No Thank you very much, Theo. I loved Appreciate it. So now we're going to play you. our game, Business or Bullshit, or commonly known Bob. Okay. Are you ready? And we're going to say something, and you've just got to tell us whether you think it is business or bullshit. You've got to make a choice. Yeah. You can comment if you wish. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, fantastic. We're off. LinkedIn. Business. Office dogs. Business. Uh, ballpark figures. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, wheelhouses. As in, that is or isn't my wheelhouse. Business. Yeah. MBAs. Bullshit. Yes, correct. <laughs> Ding. Uh, diversity quotas. 
business. Yeah. That must play quite a big part in your business. Yeah, absolutely. We collect all the stats of everyone we've got, and I'm really proud to say, like, we're a tribe that looks like London. We're a tribe that looks like London. Very yes. good. Yeah, yeah. Formal work clothes. Formal? Work clothes. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he is currently pointing to his excellent outfit, which is a very trendy <laughs> shirt, immaculate haircut, hot desking. Business. Uh, blue sky thinking. Business. Business plans. Bullshit. <laughs> we should have we should establish at the start if they speak French. Do you speak French? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. London boy, yeah. like yeah. stuck in my own not. little world. <laughs> say what the French like to say. Pivoting. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in office fitness classes. Bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Theo. Thank it's been you. really, really nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Really My name is Danny Hastrup and I'm the founder and CEO of Moonhub. And what does Moonhub do? What problem is your business solving? Uh, training sucks. Whether you're a corporate, an organization, or what have you, doesn't work and you throw lots of money at it. Uh, we help you waste less money by making it more efficient using virtual reality. We film real life scenarios and we are able to give you uh, good feedback on how quickly you notice certain things, uh, how you know spatially aware you are, all from a look and a click. So making it really engaging and also giving you some great data and insights for the same price or even cheaper than so the So you create the right content? Now. Yeah, we create the content ourselves. And we have an off-the-shelf library of training. And I'm put on a virtual reality headset, it's one of these sorts of things. You are, yeah. Okay. And we have an off-the-shelf library of training where you can train from a vast array of topics like DEI training, security, uh, well-being and health and safety. It's a bit like the Matrix when you're sort of uploading skills almost, is Maybe it? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Have you, tra have you trained yourself in some of this? Have you got the, you know... Uh, every scenario, yeah. I yeah. have to run through it. Uh, okay. Very good. Yeah, but training, training in these things can be so expensive, particularly if you're like, you know, you need actors and stuff like that to go through role-playing and things like that with people. So you must... It must save people money to use you guys instead. It does, a lot. So we can actually give this to people for as little as £5 per person per month. Um, that is changing very soon. So by the time you're listening to this, it will have been increased. Sorry, you missed your chance. Um, and yeah, it's because we're competing with the old archaic way of training. These online e-learning platforms that just don't work, but they're legacy contracts that cost companies millions and millions every year. We're giving them the same content, but delivered in a much more efficient manner and giving you way more information and data based on how people are actually, you know, observing these scenarios. Presumably because people are participating far more. If you're doing an online course, you're just passive, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's uh, as a dyslexic and after 20 years of French and I don't speak any, I was just like, why don't they just put me in France for a few months? You would have learned more, but it's that immersive. Yeah, it's the immersive, immersive. part. It, yeah, is. Yeah. it really is. And um, yeah, when you're, I mean, studies have shown you can increase your retention rate up to 75% with Retention VR. rate of staff, retention uh, rate of, of people of, training. Of knowledge, yeah. I heard you say this stat yesterday yeah. and I was just like absolutely blown away by it. What is it? 5% if you just read something. Yep. So typically corporate learning has only got an efficacy of retention of about five to ten percent after about a few weeks uh, whereas it can be up to 75 percent when using VR training we've also done our own internal study with the University of Leeds Beckett and we found ours to be 72 percent we think our parameters for measurement were a little bit stricter to be honest but that's by the by <laughs> um, well co yeah. COVID had a huge impact as, as, as professional advisors and doing everything on zoom I couldn't remember the meetings and, yeah. and just being in a different space you know and that's the weird thing about a meeting 
you were uh, first thing I remember is where I was sitting in what room. Yeah. And then my brain starts saying, "Oh, that meeting." Exactly. And it starts giving me information. But now I had what we all had a year and a half on Zoom, and I'm meeting these clients who remember the conversation. I'm sorry, guys yeah. and, I, and girls. I, and I just have no reference point. Yeah. You know, and it's almost that something to hang your hat on. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So yeah, training is a very important part of learning uh, in corporates, but and just in companies in general, they put a lot of money behind it, and they, they don't get much in terms of return on investment. So we're here to fix that. Okay, very good. And what are you really hoping to achieve out of this trip? What would be your aim? Uh, so I was on this trip last year. I remember being on this particular podcast last year. Yeah. Um, that last year, this trip was great because it got me to meet some fantastic people. Um, I've just been accepted onto the Google Black Founders Fund. Uh, Did you get anything, a materials thing that we could talk about from last year? Or Yeah, I mean, so from the trip last year uh, and the VivaTech trip, I mean, to be honest, that was me getting to know my cohort members more from the Google Black Founders Fund because it was them who brought me along. Uh, it's them bringing me along this time as well. Um, but it was great to get to know the ecosystem more um, and connect with some people from London and Partners uh, who then I then actually became part of the London and Partners cohort. So I'm now part of the Mayor's International Business Programme. Great. That's now the growth program. Growth. Yeah, growth. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. So, growth. growth. And how have they, how have London and Partners helped you unlock the potential in your business? Uh, great question. So I've been on a few trips um, or a few things with them. But Chicago, that was great last year on the Reach mission. Uh, we partnered with one of the big four consultants out in the US from that trip. So we're now a business intermediary for them. And we're being uh, pitched to North American retailers, uh, basically because of what we've been able to do. So well, very much fantastic. then, and, yeah. and without charging you, which is always good news. You know? It is very good news. Yeah, yeah. Please don't start charging us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good. And we're, we're traveling by trains, fairly, fairly environmentally friendly. Are you doing anything about climate change as a business? I mean, we can only do so much. We're trying to make sure that we use responsible routes for delivering headsets so that we order in bulk so that we don't have to do multiple small trips. Which headset are you using? Uh, we use a variety. We're not... Okay. Uh, we're You're not... excited about the new Apple one? Yeah, we are. Uh, it's great for the immersive space because people are less uh, scared and more familiar with VR now. Um, and whenever things start getting memed a lot online, it's always a great sign. They're becoming more and more part of pop culture, so I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. That's a very fair comment. If you could pick something that was is utter, utter bullshit about yes. business, what would it be? Business in general? Yeah. Oh, wow, that is on the spot. Um, how easy people think it can be. Uh, I think people looking from the outside don't understand how many things uh, you need to juggle whilst running a company. How easy it is to run, to some build people, a business. Some people think it's Because they only really hear easy. the big successes and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It is astronomically hard. You have people who leave Goldman's, who leave some of the most high-pressure jobs in the world, and immediately you turn back into those jobs after maybe a year or two of trying to be a founder. It's insanely difficult. We should start a newspaper that just publishes about failed businesses and interviews founders that have got it's all gone wrong. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, you know, Normally we love bad news, so we should love that. What should people avoid when doing business with British people or London people? Any tips for oh, someone doing business with what a British or Londoners? Or, 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 or should they do? What they should what or should, should they, they do? do? With, with people from London in general, we move at quite a fast pace. Um, so avoid dragging your feet too much. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I'd say yeah. avoid dragging your feet too much because things in London do move very quickly. Making decisions slowly, you mean? Making or? decisions slowly, having things that are a bit too, like, much of... I mean, enterprise companies can afford to do so because they're enterprise if they're working with startups. Um, but typically, we like to move a little bit faster in the startup ecosystem, uh, especially in London. What's the best thing about London? Best thing about London is how you can be... I think every, like, 20 minutes you go on a bus in London, there's, like, a whole new town or village by itself with its own micro-community and, like, way of doing things. And that also then goes for 
being in business. You have different ideas, different uh, sectors of like, or little bubbles of creative industries or fi uh, fintechs. And, you know, it's so closely consolidated and the culture is such a melting pot that you can actually get a lot of inspiration from going kind of anywhere within London. It's kind of, yeah, every area has its, ha will have its thing, but yeah. it's also self-contained, but then it's completely integrated. And things like the Tube we have to thank, I guess, yeah, for that. You exactly. Know, which bring us all together. Finally, uh, and feel free uh, to tell us, ask this question anyway, but why should we care about your business? You should care about my business because I'm saving everybody from mind-numbing training uh, and yes. allowing, them to, allowing them to feel a little bit more inspired going into a corporate office, which is already an uphill battle. Um, so yeah, that's what we're trying to do. So for all you Gen Zers out there, your corporate environment can be quite fun. Just uh, ask your employer why your friends are training in VR and you're not. Boom. Nice. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we're going to play a little game now. It's called Business or Bullshit. Nice. You've played it before. I have. We now have an official game set, which we we're have very an official excited game about. Set. Yeah, nice. look at that. I didn't, Bob, I didn't see this last Bob, time. as it's known, which nice. we're quite pleased with as well. Um, and over off. LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> You've gone tough. Ah. We hit hard oh, from the start. Uh, LinkedIn is bullshit at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah. Office dogs. Business. Very good, thank you. In French and in English. Um, les chiffres approximatifs. Boulevard figures. Uh, bullshit. Wheelhouses. Ooh. Uh, I'd say business. Business. MBAs. Oh, I don't <laughs> do this. I do not have one myself. I was going to say, do you have one? Because that seems to colour the answer. Yeah, I will say, I'll say business. I won't invalidate somebody's uh, uh, training. Maybe they training. should do virtual reality MBAs. Maybe, who knows? That's a, that's a, that's a future. Quota de diversité, diversity quotas. Business. I think it helps counterbalance a lot of the, uh, the inequity that we have uh, in corporate structures. Formal workloads. Depends on your sector. I think bullshit. Hot desking. Business. Very good. Uh, Pensez ciel bleu, blue sky thinking. Business. Business plans. Oh, business. But if you plan on sticking to your plan, good luck. It's going to yes. change a lot. Then it's going to be bullshit. Have a plan, plan beats no plan, but don't follow plan. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Pivoting. Business. Yeah, and the last one, uh, the class of fitness or bureau in office fitness classes. <laughs> Just your face. Bullshit. Why, why are we doing this during during working? What is happening? <laughs> well, we you, you, you could use the virtual reality to do some meditating or some yoga or something. You, you, you know. could, or, or, or I don't know, maybe sales We were talking about like nap things. pods yesterday, and I love the sound of nap pods. See, nap pods are great. They're all good. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I was to come back to the office and everyone was doing a hit class, I'd be incredibly confused. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? I just, uh, yeah. But to everyone watching from Moonhub, I love you all, but no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dummy, thank you. Thank you, Dummy. Thank you, you very much. Fantastic. Lovely Appreciate to see you again. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. So here we are at the Garden Hall. We've made it on the Eurostar. A hundred people packed into a carriage. We had founders from Google. We had London and partners bringing them all together. We had venture capitalists, startups. So it was all happening. And we were sitting there playing business or bullshit. And now we are in Gay Paris in Garden Hall. And this afternoon, this evening, we're going to be all together for a dinner, catching up again with the startups and the VCs to see how it's all going. Here we are at the dinner. Andrew. How was the train for you? It was business. It was business. <laughs> Not even a tiny bit of bullshit. 
Did you see any bullshit? I didn't see any bullshit on the on the train. And what did you do after the train? Did you uh, uh, get after, back to the hotel for a quick nap? Uh, so we went to Maison Ray's lab, which is an awesome French uh, innovation lab um, where uh, it's a small company owned by a venture capital fund that works mm -hmm. with uh, L'Oreal and some of the big venture capital funds um, to basically help them work with and deal with. Did you get a British flag out? I was thinking we need a big British umbrella when you Do go it? around. What's the, what's the VC called? Uh, the VC is called Ray's VC. Um, can they get uh, away with that because they're French, so they can just I, I, use an English yeah, word? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I think they're about two billion under management. They're quite interesting. They own buildings. They've invested in um, for good businesses. Yeah. Did you roll in, in as a team? Like you space. brought them a load of Yeah, so we brought twenty-five corporates with us um, to meet them. Um, and so corporates sharing, meaning larger companies. Showing large companies. So I think some of them earlier, De Beers, Diamonds, and National Grid, and some of the big, some of the really big UK so companies. Nice. Did they talk one to one or? In a, in a um, so really just sharing best practice about how difficult it is to work with startups. The not invented here syndrome, which is one of the big challenges. Two big challenges that corporates have of uh, of working with startups. One is they want to look like they invented it themselves rather yeah, than yeah, they partnered yeah. with other people to come up with those ideas. And so how do you tackle the not invented here syndrome in order that you can really work well with startups and, um, uh, and, and scale ups? And the other big challenge is procurement. So how do you set up a system that allows you to work with um, fast growth companies that don't have three years of profitable accounts, you know? And how do they cope as well, I suppose, with the fact that so many startups claim to be, whether they are or not, is another question, but claim to be disruptive. And I would have thought most large corporates, the last thing they want is actually a chunk of disruption into their you know, world. I'd love to guesstimate a big percentage for how many people have added we do AI to their pitch deck over the last, <laughs> after, oh, no. over the last 12 AI months. AI in your sandwiches. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, but what's really interesting, I mean, particularly the sort of chat stuff, chat GPT or Google Bard or whatever, is going to disrupt massively so many businesses, yeah. whether it's a call center or a lawyer drafting a contract. or So very occasionally, you know, there's an RCA, I think it's every 60 years, something, uh, uh, Royal College of Art, data uh, that says every 60 years something comes along you don't expect that seriously breaks people's business models and you know sometimes you get in there early like with Kodak who effectively invented the digital camera and they wouldn't back it you know and then the classic story is, is that true? Yeah and the classic story is Xerox Park which is Palo Alto Research Center or whatever but Xerox the printer people inventing the object orientated operating system which is basically Windows that was invented by Xerox and they were like we don't want people to not print stuff you know. How did it go then at raise uh, it was really good I think um, I think the idea is how do you change the infrastructure that allows big companies to test and trial and pilot working with startups that's fundamentally what yeah. we need the more collaborations you can enable the more output you're going to get. So it was yeah. really good to have that conversation. Just share best practice from what French corporates are doing. You know, I think there's, what's so interesting is the demand of we need to do this applies to some industries more than others. So, you know, particularly with fashion, the consumers now are, are like, okay, we need you to, you know, where is, what's your supply innovate, chain? Man, How are you innovating exactly? You know, like, you know, luxury, fashion, food are really important to Can I ask an annoying um, question? Did, did Brexit come up? Did Brexit come up this afternoon? Only a conversation about the colour of passports. Sadly, we weren't allowed to keep our maroon passports, but apparently the Australians and the Americans have got navy blue passports. So, I've still got my maroon you know, passport. So yeah, I'm going to proudly keep my maroon passport. And where are we right now? What's going on right now? 
Um, so right now we are in the courtyard of the National Museum of Parisian History. So it's the equivalent of the Museum of London, which of course is in the Brooklist Centre in the middle of London and is... But it uh, has got ye olde street in the basement. Is there a ye olde street in the basement? I mean, I suppose Paris is ye olde street, isn't it really? But we are, uh, but of course the Museum of London's now moving into the, uh, the enormous basement of the poultry uh, market yeah. at Spitalfields Market. So it's going to be a, a really big change for us. Yeah, so the second largest... Can they just fire. stop doing everything in East London? <laughs> As a West Londoner, can I just say, can we do something in West London? Uh, and how, how do you think everyone's finding it so far? Good, good teamwork. It's a big group this year. It's a big group. It's a big group. Any spats? Any yeah. love interests? <laughs> any, any I've only been keeping an eye on half the group. So yeah, I don't know what they've been up to. Don't know what's happening at the other end oh. of the table. But we're definitely matchmaking on, on businesses and investors and corporates. Yeah, so it's important. I don't know what's happening with the sort of dating end of the spectrum. So Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you think anyone here is particularly um, noteworthy? Of course, everyone's noteworthy. But anyone sort of... Particularly really, really noteworthy. Think, I mean, there's some know, brilliant founders who've raised you know tens of millions uh and uh you know investors journalists i mean you know uh, no comment on mike butcher who's always you know mike butcher was my business partner for a long time so he's always a nightmare for me to deal with what are you hoping people will get out of tomorrow at viva tech so are, are you going tomorrow to viva yes tech? going to viva tech tomorrow what time are you going uh, we're going for 10.30. We're having a tour. We're going to go and see in the morning. Um, we're working with Bloomflow, which is a really great, um, basically, startup engagement management platform. Right. Um, and so um, they're going to take us on a tour to meet some of the big French corporates who we who we don't know to talk about how they're engaging with startups, share best practice on that. Superb. Some of the, super, uh, some of the, uh, the investors are doing office hours, which is really great. So some, um, uh, some oh, that's Euro nice. European yeah. VCs as well as some British ones. Um, and actually, some of them are already co-investing and, and, and investing with either French companies or, or, or in French and European, uh, wider European and British companies. So it's awesome. Hi, Dupe from Bloomful, who we spoke to on the train. How did the train go for you? It was Dupé? really good. It was really fun. Met lots of great people. Went really quickly. Yeah, happy to be in Paris. Was there anybody particular that you met on the train that was... I have met stand out. Um, some amazing people on the train. Um, I've met two people who went to my school. Oh my we God, heard we, about having, this. we were hearing about this. What the I am school? I'm what school is this? Over. I need to know what school it I was. I grew up in Bedfordshire, small town, yeah. Bedford. Um, I went to Dame Alice Harper School. Oh my God, my sister taught there. No, you did. No, yeah. she didn't. <laughs> yeah. Are you joking? Arabella Fashion. Don't know when you Are went you there. Are you joking? She was a history teacher. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I dropped history in year nine okay. after year nine. So I, 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 I might not be up on it. Woman Arabella started so teaching me. <laughs> Why all the Dame Alice connections all of a yeah. sudden? I it's don't a good school. Yeah, it's, it's a, good a very school. good school. It's a great I think school. this illustrates a very good point, which is that it's amazing how small the, the gaps are between people. Absolutely. And so, I mean, you could reach out to the universe now. Is there any one person that you would love to meet for your business who would revolutionize your business? Right now? But, but probably someone even here knows who they are, but someone will listen to this and say, I know who that is and can get in touch with you. Anyone? Oh my goodness. Oprah Winfrey, maybe? Just because Oprah she's Winfrey. so influential and I love her to death. Michelle Obama, another one. Just anyone who understands the trauma that women go through to get the diagnosis they need around their gynecological health. And I'm sure those two women do. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, what did you do? Any, did you do any? Did you go back to the hotel? Did you do yeah, press ups so in the in the sunlight? <laughs> did you did you meet some businesses? You know, I mean, everyone just works, 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 works these days. You know, I um, got to the train station. We walked to our hotel. I we checked we checked in the sunshine. We checked in. Nice hotel. Um, I yes, very nice, very nice. Um, 
I kind of got got acclimatized. I called my kids just to see that they're still alive and okay. What's the plan tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? What's the plan tomorrow for you? Tomorrow we are going to Viva Tech in the morning. Very excited about that. And just going to listen to talks and stuff. Yeah, really looking forward to Because that's the big difference I hear here. It's about the talks. It's about the conference. Absolutely. Panel talks, just like... Um, getting immersed in the tech culture, understanding what's what's on the horizon for technology, and yeah, meeting some more, more new people. That's very very good. I think that's a brilliant. Thank you so much. We'll talk again uh, further on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right, so we're back here with Theo from Slinger, who we spoke to on the train. <laughs> Theo, how was the train for you? Awesome. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit tired after a massive week of networking loads. In and London nothing, Tech Week already. London Tech Week and, and also on the Black Founders um, Fund. So we just started on Monday. So we've been thrown into the Google startup. You're dreaming about it now almost. Yeah, yeah. literally. And, and then nothing worse than hearing that we're going to do a networking yeah. oh, speed God, of the event. Hours on and the actually, train. it was actually great. Like. Did met you meet anybody? Incredible person, like amazing people. I can't remember his name. I'm, you know, slightly dyslexic, so I, I use that to blame. But there was one gentleman who told me he's using VR um, to give to coaches and teams to practice their training, and that blew my mind. Cause I'm, I'm a sports person, and I get, and I'm. You know, I'm probably at that age where it's all about strategy now and you're appreciating football to a new level. And knowing the idea of going into a coach's mind and playing the game, blew, I was like, I'm willing to quit my job. Like Slinger my whole business. is no more. Slinger's done. I'm joining you on this mission. This is incredible. Wow. So, yeah, that, I was like, um, another Love gentleman. So as a result, I'm going to take a couple of days off, enjoy the sights, go back home and They're kick done. some ass. Yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And did you do, after the train, did you meet anyone or do anything particularly? Um, I virtually didn't meet anyone. Um, just got back to the hotel, walk around. The sea. I just love walking the sea, and I've just walked around and just seen what French means and Paris means, and it's beautiful. Like I get it, the buildings are stunning. I love a French roof. I was saying that earlier. It's a vibe. It's a real. And vibe. actually, watching every. So I'm in hospitality. So seeing people outdoors enjoying food and drink. It's actually a rarity in London. Like we don't, we don't have outdoor spaces or anything like That's that. That's because it's always fucking no, cold. I know. And we don't invest now. in it. We don't invest in it. Are you gonna go see Elon tomorrow? I, I, so I got an email last week going, Elon surprise guest. No one else has seen it, and I was like, am I dreaming it? It's only You're you confirming it. it. You are not dreaming. I've, obviously, I've got to go and see yeah, him. Why not? Come on. And if you could meet one person, just one person who could change your business right now, who would that be for Slinger? Oh, good Put question. it out into the universe. Manifest this shit, you know? It'd be Danny Meyer. Um, he's the founder of Shake Shack. Ah. And he has a book called Enlightened Hospitality. And it's all about, look, we can, you can teach people to do the right thing, but magic. You know we've come across those people in hospitality who are just magic. And he talks about the magic of like what it takes to be that person. Um, yeah, it would be him to be in there. Very, very good. Thank you so Thank much. So Thank, nice you. To Thank you. Thank you. So we're here again with with Dami, yeah. who we spoke to on the train. How was the train for you, Dami? Uh, chaotic as always, but in a good way. So I think they have the different things: chaotic, neutral, chaotic, good, and all that stuff. 
Chaotic good. Chaotic neutral. Yeah. Chaotic, the train chaotic, was chaotic, chaotic neutral. No, it was chaotic, chaotic good. good. Chaotic good. Did you meet anybody? Any any particular person other than obviously us? I mean, you guys were the... I'm we loving were the highlight, right? What this is... Wow. Okay, profit and loss. This is... Uh, He's an, an accountant. accountant. I'm an accountant. I hear you. I hear okay. that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Oriana, Oriana from Fujitsu was fantastic. Uh, we also had... Um, people from Justee and like some different uh, investors as well. So yeah, honestly, it's been quite an interesting networking journey. And what did you do afterwards? Did you just go back to your hotel? Did you run out there and be do some stuff? Give you a very quick play-by-play. -play. So I got off the Eurostar, uh, got to my hotel, thought I lost my glasses, found out that this hero over here had uh, my glasses. Um, this team over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we found your glasses for you. Thank you. I was genuinely very worried I'd never find these. So shout out to Ulrich Clock. Um, and... Um, yeah, I went to the Soho House in Paris. It's beautiful. Uh, oh, the Soho House in Paris. Oh, you remember, really are you? Yes. Uh, would you recommend it to businesses? I would. It's a really nice experience to have people who are in similar industries to you, but also very like-minded. Uh, and they've got a brilliant network if you want to pop in somewhere. Um, but yeah, I went to Soho House and then came straight here from there. If you could meet one person for your business that would transform your business, um, who would that be? Oh, wow. I don't think there's any one person. In terms of business there's, advice, there's sure there's many, but if there's if there's someone who'd be really like, ah, oh, reach out to the universe, manifest, you know, we're it'd be great to talk to Mark Zuckerberg. It'd be wonderful to hear what Mark has. Do to you think say you could get a straight future. answer out of him? Me or him? Uh, oh, I think so. I think we're both quite passionate about immersive tech, virtual reality, uh, what we're doing by streamlining VR training and making it accessible to the masses. Are you uh, are you going to see Elon tomorrow? I'm going to go see Elon tomorrow. Yeah, apparently he's speaking. Is he tomorrow or Friday? I don't oh, know. it might we be don't Friday. Know. Don't know. One of the two. It depends if I have uh, something else double booked. I feel like we'll have a crowd, like insane crowd. Or we yeah. could just watch yeah. it on YouTube when yeah. I want. Or I'll uh, maybe Google will have a, a little booth for us to go and get close to the front. So if Google have a booth, I'll be there near the front. If not, then uh, I'll just be doing my thing. But it'll be great to see Elon speak. He's obviously a founder that's made waves and kind of popularized being a tech CEO to be... Honest. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's changed the world. You've been brilliant, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate thanks for catching up. We'll, ca we'll thanks catch for up again in the end. Me and my cake. Thank no, you very no much. problem. No problem. Take care. Hi, I'm Andrew. Um, we've had a great couple of days here in Paris for Viva Tech. Last night we had a fabulous dinner uh, at the Fabula restaurant at the Museum of Parisian History. Uh, great to uh, spend some time with some French entrepreneurs, some German entrepreneurs, some Norwegian entrepreneurs, along uh, with our London group. Some really great, fast-growing companies with some really uh, great new ideas that are going to change the world. Everyone got to talk to each other. Everyone mingled. Everyone had great conversations. We did a few podcasts with a few founders and a few VCs. We've had a great day here at Viva Tech. Just a fabulous event. Really good showcase for all the exciting things happening in tech uh, all the way across Europe. It was really busy, but you know, lots to see, lots to learn about. And yeah, it was just really great to understand more about what's going on in the tech ecosystem. And now here we are in Le Comptoir General, having a final cocktail before everybody goes their separate ways. It's been a great, great two days. And we're really looking forward to next year, London Tech Week and Viva Tech Week probably at the same time again. Let's hope that London and Paris keep collaborating because we've got bigger problems to worry about. Uh, so let's make sure we'll at least those two great scenes with a two-hour train ride between are getting together and smashing it. Thank you for listening.